Hi all, it's Anna and Morella for Blooming Boomers podcast. So welcome. We decided today we'll talk about loneliness versus alone. And we also put it in the context of single and probably because, well, I'm single and it's pandemic time. And somehow that, for me, got amplified. So I thought before we actually get to talk to uh, talk about loneliness, aloneness, maybe some stats, at least for Canada, single. So I looked up, well, how many singles are there? And the definition, at least the website I looked at, was never married. So about two million. And then I looked at how are they split out. So just an idea, 55 to 59-year-olds, single, almost half a million. 65 to 69, about 200,000. 90 to 94, about 11,000. And surprise, 100 years and over, in a population in Canada, of about 38 million, there's 709 single people over 100 years old living still alone. Isn't that amazing? Like, yeah. Not in any institution. Yeah. And what struck me is those numbers that are being single is growing. It's in the United States, in Great Britain, a world all over. The numbers are, you know, they started relatively small. And now in Canada, two million. And, and okay, I'm, I want to ask you a question. Um, hmm. Did in your research, where was the number growing? Was the number of singles growing in the young people or in divorced boomers? It was all over. So if you look at, in terms of numbers, the breakdown, the half a million is fifty-five to fifty-nine. So they've never been married. So that means it's not divorced oh. or you know widowed. It's people who never married. Never married. Okay. Yeah. And out of those, and what struck me because, you know, 709 people never married, 100 years old and over, still living alone. So to me, that was interesting. And, and the fact that those numbers are growing. And the one, you know, you're asking the research, more women than men are single. And the trend so far in Canada, where we are, of course, but also in the U.S. and other countries, it's the women. It's, it's close. It's, it's not a major difference, but it's a significant difference that women are more likely to be single. But are there more women, generally speaking, in that age category? No, not necessarily. It's just women as women in, in terms of sexes and gender are more likely. So I found it interesting. And then my second question is, why is this happening? Because the trend is growing. Any thoughts? Okay, well, I have a daughter who is 37 years old, and she's never been married, never. So she's in that category of not a divorcee, not a, certainly not a widow, never been married, has lived with two partners and they both 
both the situations did not please her. Not the men, but living with them um, really brought out the worst in them, in her, in them as a couple. So she is in another relationship right now, her third serious relationship. And she has outright told him, we're not going to live together. We're not going to buy. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Because, you know, going back, I mean, I'm, as you know, single, never married. I mean, some dated and all that. But in terms of marriage, no. And, you know, and I sometimes when I think about it, and it's interesting, your daughter, because it's a younger generation. But for me, I never found the right person. Or if I thought he was right, he didn't think I was. And then I got comfortable. And I'm thinking, is it partly, especially in a Western society, we're more individualistic. And of course, as women, we've gained more economic power. Whereas, you know, our mom's generations and certainly earlier, that was not or less the case, not necessarily not the case, but less the case. I don't know. I'm I'm going to tell you. So you and I are the same age. And I got married at 21 because I wanted to leave my parents home. I wanted to get out of my parents' house. It was a very dysfunctional place. I think it was 1974 when I met Bob. And then I married him in 1978. You really couldn't leave your family home, especially if you were the daughter of immigrants that still held on to 1950s morality, you couldn't move out unless you were married. So I married at 21, basically to get out of my parents' home. You know, always in the back of the mind, I thought, "Eh, if it doesn't work out, I'll divorce him, you know, whatever. But we made it work. He's a pretty good partner. I'll tell you, if I had my daughter's option of moving out on my own, and staying in my own place and having a relationship, I think that is the best of both worlds. Mm, interesting. But you know what? I largely feel that way too. But now as I'm getting older, you know, and looking at it from different angles, I do see a bit of a hit economically. You know, whether it's pensions or whether it's two salaries. Um, and of course, as women... I mean, it depends on the profession or the the type of work or job you've got. But generally speaking, women make 80 cents to a dollar that a man makes. So I hate to sound, you know, that pragmatic, but I'm thinking, darn, if I were married, I'd have way more money. But I mean, you know, that's kind of, you weigh things. Money is just one factor. But that's just what occurs. Oh, well, I guess the other factor as well is children. So, again, being sort of the typical 1970s, had a foot in both worlds. So the world was beginning to change and feminism and opportunities and new lifestyles were opening up. But still, I was the eldest daughter of immigrants. I didn't make very bold choices. So I got married. We were married for seven years and were childless on purpose Like it it wasn't that we were trying and it didn't happen. We held off. And then I just sort of felt, oh, okay, I've been married seven years. I guess it's time to start a family. I think economically, I couldn't have raised the children in a house with a yard without a husband, right? Then you're right. The money 
would have had to be stretched a lot further. And it was, you know, very good to have the father in the house and him helping. But all my life, I wish I could have had a place of my own. Do you remember that book, A Room of Her Own? Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. I, it, you know, we never had the, that kind of money. Yeah, but, interesting. Oh, God, yeah. It's the 60s movement, right? Feminism. And of course, we're more urbanized. So I think that's partly the change. But you know, maybe now that's touching on a loneliness, aloneness rather, and loneliness. Because I also looked at statistics. And they're saying single people tend to have more health issues. And these could be mental, these could be physical, but... They are, you know, I forget the percentage, but consistently what I've read is alone, especially as you start getting older, you're at risk for health issues. What do you think? Is there something to it? Well, I got to tell you that I've never been alone. Okay, because I went from my parents' home which was not a very large house. It was like a 1,200 square foot bungalow. I had a sister. Uh, it was not a very large home, certainly not a mansion. We didn't have a cottage at the lake or an RV or any place to escape. So I went from always feeling there was somebody in the house. My mother never hardly worked. My sister was home. She's younger, so underfoot in my eyes. Mm-hmm. And then I got married. So then, you know, my husband was there. And of course, when he worked and when he was on shift work, I have to tell you, I really luxuriated when he was away from 3 p.m. until the next morning. I'd have the whole afternoon and evening to myself. And I treasured those moments. And then the children came, two children. So there was a moment. I and mean, you might have heard other mothers say this. There was a moment in my life when everybody was demanding I had an aging mother. I had a sister that, you know, would call me up. I had children, a husband. I was a teacher full time where I thought if I went to prison, I'd be happy because I'd get to, you know, I'd get some break. I'd get a break. Uh, my gosh. Yes. Yes. I can understand that. I have a friend, and you just reminded me, and of course, like you, she's in a similar situation. She has a family, of course, all grown up now, but she would say on her way to work in the morning, um, the highway drive actually was enjoyable to her because it was the only time she could be with herself and think. And yes, you know, interesting. You know, but then again, I'm reading more and I'm seeing, you know, and I'm just wondering, as you get older, and if there is something to being alone and perhaps higher risk to health, is it a potential burden to society, higher health costs? I mean, or that's just how it is and we take it. You know, I think, Anna, when you talk about alone versus lonely, I actually think people can be very lonely in relationships, in families. Like, there is a difference between solitude and lonely, right? So solitude is the ability to 
be in your own head, in your own space, and it's something you choose. This is my interpretation of and lonely you can be in a room full of people or in a big busy city or you know in a household full of family members and still feel very lonely because you're not understood or you're not accepted or you you just don't feel like you fit in or you have anything to offer i actually think loneliness of course is a very huge mental I- illness and i can see it happening to elders when they lose their sense of purpose and meaning you know yeah, I, yes yes and, and you know and um, it's interesting what you said being lonely yet amongst people whether a community or being married because you're not really understood you're not really fitting in because sometimes i think people or society in general might think if you're single then you must be terribly lonely and that's interesting because it goes both ways i'm single but i rarely feel lonely and i do understand because i sometimes look at my friends who are married and most are happily married you know the give and take but here and there i notice that they appear lonely although they're amongst people and that's something you said as well And yes, you know, as we get older though, I wonder if that gets more amplified somehow. When we lose our sense of purpose and meaning and our sense of purpose and meaning and it comes from belonging. So if you were married and you're happily married and you have children and they turned out to be very well adjusted adults and they have children and you have grandchildren and you're part of this very well adjusted group and you're giving sometimes you babysit you help out everybody appreciates you that's beautiful but what happens if that was what you were expecting but your children move away to australia or maybe you know you've kind of become disconnected from each other maybe you have grandchildren but you rarely see them and you have nothing to do with them and you've lost you don't have your job then you will wander around feeling like you have no purpose or meaning and and even hobbies won't fill that up because what we need to do is we need to feel that we are appreciated and necessary to a community it doesn't have to be our family it can be a community you know my husband and i sort of take care of a, the building my daughter lives in because we're retired we're we're there for the midnight calls somebody broke in and we phone the gate repair people and we're there when a pipe leaks and we get the plumbers in and my husband says oh my gosh if we didn't have that building our life would be so much better and i said but you know everyone in that building it's 12 units they all really appreciate and need us we are needed and that is a that that makes you feel less lonely because you people are depending on you still you know that's very interesting and i think you hit on it because sometimes i think is it more for women or men but i think it's probably similar for both it's that being needed and community and i'll tell you something interesting because of course we're still under this pandemic and i think partly that's what got me thinking 
my own self-discovery during this pandemic time, pretty much I don't feel lonely. I, I rarely have. But what I have discovered, I'm more sensitive to aloneness. And it's because, or partly because, that sense of community is not as tangible. Not yeah. really, you know, and because I'm single, I don't have that bubble. And interestingly, I've noticed that I had, I know people for many years and I've made friends just recently. And surprisingly, I expected certain people to reach out to me and they haven't. And then others that I would not have expected have, they check in. Um, it, it's a very interesting process, but that aloneness in some ways made me realize or clarified the relationship priorities and even my goals of what I want to do more of during these, you know, autumn, as I call them, and winter years. So it's, it's a funny discovery, if you will, during this pandemic, but an interesting, you know, not so much for me, the loneliness, because, you know, even though I'm single, I, I don't feel lonely. But the aloneness and, and what it has done in terms of prioritizing relationships and my goals is almost a relief. It, it has helped in a certain way. I don't know, uh, any discoveries for you during this pandemic as far as alone loneliness? That's interesting, yeah, because you would have had to really work at which bubble, at developing the bubble. You really had to consciously make choices about your bubble, whereas mine was foisted upon me, if you will. <laughs> yeah, in a sense, yeah. <laughs> With my two children and my husband. And then I reached out to uh, a friend of mine who happens to be divorced, and so... We, we would go walking once a week and then another woman who is single and she's in her forties and we go walking once in a while. And then you, we, we had our, yeah. so I would reach Very out nice. to yeah. people. And it's interesting because like you, there were some people that I didn't feel comfortable in my bubble and some that I just didn't even feel I wanted them in the bubble. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's you know, some it's a two-way street. Some I, of course, I would do my part. But, you know, sometimes the surprise where I expected someone to, you know, give me a call or text or something and heard nothing from them. And I'd be the one reaching out. And I kind of thought, oh, I'm kind of, you know, I don't seem to mean much to them, which was kind of interesting. But then other people... It was, I thought, oh, you know, I don't know how good a friendship this is or relationship. And surprisingly, it was deeper than I thought. You know, anyways, an interesting time, even if you're working from home or retired, you just have more of that time because you go out less. So all these thoughts came in and that self-discovery and that just discovery for me was an interesting, very interesting process. Are you looking ahead to you know, maybe moving back, moving to where you have more family? Are you looking ahead saying to yourself, well, you know, once, because I know you're not retired, you're still working, and you're very, you're very healthy. But are you thinking that maybe in your 70s, you might want to be closer to family? You know, I don't know. And that's what surprised me. And I don't know how other single people in our age group or older, as we get older, 
you know, what do they consider as criteria? Because I've been here, you know, in a different geographical area from my family and long-term friends. But, you know, relationships are dynamic. So what I thought or they thought as close may not necessarily be. So, you know, it's still a process of discovery. And right now, of course, as I'm working, it's not forefront. But at some point, it will be. And during this pandemic, all these pieces are helping me, you know, shape that answer or that direction. I don't know yet, but if I was sure before, I no longer am, you know, whichever way. So it's just interesting. It just took me a little bit off guard because I took some things for granted and they're not necessarily that way. I follow a few women, and they all seem to be women, that blog about being alone and single and they're in their 70s. And each of these women, well, no, not each of them. Three of the women have decided that how they will deal with it, their health is starting to fail, they're less mobile, they feel less confident being on their own. These three women with health issues in their 70s have decided to go into care, continuing care. So it's like assisted living. So these three women are in the States. And then it's assisted living where you can be independent living and then more help. And then in later stages, you there's actually like a, a nursing home. It's a compound, a kind Ooh. of a, all these units. And I know that they offer that in, in Alberta. So they must offer it in BC where they have three levels in these continuing care. So that's one answer is, mm-hmm. is you know, that you do that. Yeah. For sure, there's, you know, as we get older, and I mean, you know, friendships and families, you don't rely on them just to take care of you. I mean, it's it's much deeper. It's a relationship. But you know what? It was just interesting. And I'm kind of, you know, wondering if other of our listeners, whether married or single or, you know, of any discoveries, if you will, around the topic of aloneness, uh, aloneness, rather, and loneliness, if you feel like sharing with us. I'd be interested in knowing how many of uh, our listeners, assuming they're boomers, their children, how many of their children, the next generation or the Gen Xs or whatever, have decided that they want their own places. Because I've seen that not just in my daughter, but uh, in young people deciding they want to have their own place, whether they you know, sometimes stay over at their partner's place, but that idea of having, you know, separate abodes. Mm-hmm. I want to know if other listeners uh, have children or, or know young people that have made that choice too. Yeah, please let us know. So maybe just to just to close it off, I mean, for those of our listeners who do feel lonely, I mean, if you feel alone, but supported and happy, fantastic. And as Morella mentioned, you know, your kids, if, if they like having their own abode or home, but a partner, you know, obviously that's beautiful and wonderful, but any of you that do feel lonely, our suggestions, reach out to family and friends. If you have a a spouse, perhaps work on that relationship. You know, the common advice, which is common interest groups, join book club, your religious communities, Go for walks, exercise. 
um, you know, get all your paperwork in order, you know, who do you want to help you out? All these common sense, but do reach out if you feel lonely, right? Because that is a health impact for those who do. Marella, anything else you can suggest before we end off? There's always somebody who needs you, even if it's the pet centers and the SPCA. If you don't like humans because they're getting on your nerves, maybe help out the dogs and cats that need us. Yeah, it's back to being part of a community and feeling needed. So do reach out. Do reach out. And of course, do send us any emails. If you'd like to be a guest or recommend anyone, by all means, let us know. Other than that, thank you so much. It's Anna. And Morella. For the Blooming Boomers podcast. Bye, all. Thanks.